This episode is brought to you by Iconic Luxury Streetwear. Iconic Luxury Streetwear is a multidisciplinary experiment founded by the Tava Brothers, established in 2020. A clothing brand that has a thesis of a vision birthed reality, rooted in God created all in his image. Get your merchandise at IconicLuxuryStreetwear.com. Good, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Iconic Conversations, countercultural podcast that brings together innovators, community builders, and world changers for authentic dialogue on the human experience, sparking curiosity, vulnerability, and empathetic connection to the world. Today, I'm your host, Tanaki Shanasutaba, and today I have a special guest. I'm a friend. Um, actually, someone who's actually I'm very, very intrigued by. And she is a, I'm waiting for her to start this action again. And I know that this might, this is a first appearance ever, but soon she'll be hosting her own and she'll be featured on many more in the future. So while this is her first time here, this is not going to be the last. And I know that a thriving speaking career is going to come out of this because she knows it. She's a motivational speaker. She's a wellness advocate. She is a, I already said it in the intro, a podcast host, even though she does, she, she, she hasn't put it out yet, but she's a podcast host. A multi-hyphenate who aims to close health equity gaps in underserved communities. She graduated with her bachelor's and a master's. She's, but most of all, I think the most important thing that she is a woman after God's own. And I'm very, very grateful, very blessed to be with her, Miss Beverly. On the show. Welcome to Icada Competition. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're too kind. Nah, how you feeling? <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Um, we thank God that a day we're here. I'm feeling good. How are you feeling? Man, I'm good. I'm grateful. I'm, I'm excited. We we made this happen. We are, we're making it happen. Okay. And again, as I said, it's the first of many. So we already know that um, I'm really excited to dive into this because I was actually listening to, to a podcast before this. And I, I have some, I want to dive into some stuff right now. But most of all, I gave my intro. So I want you to introduce yourself, your name, where you're from. And then I have a follow up question that has nothing to do with what you do. Okay. My name is Beverly Kalejin Thog. I am Nigerian American, born and raised in California. I live in Texas now. Um, I'm the oldest of three. I have been through a lot in this lifetime. So I'm a very positive person. I, again, with younger brothers, with my youngest being autistic, I make sure to carry myself in a way that they also see that positivity. So um, I take each day as it comes. I am an advocate for health and wellness. Like Tamaka said, I love fitness. Like I really do. I was pre-diabetic when I was a kid. And my dad was like, not in my house because genetically we have that in our family. So fitness has kind of guided me through a lot. It's taught me about collaboration, teamwork, um, knowing your self-worth, how to speak up for yourself, fighting, having great resilience. Sports has taught me a lot. And it's just kind of carried over in all the things that I've done. Um, I'm a leader. 
I am a listener. <laughs> I'm a follower of Christ. Yeah, I think that sums it all. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That is really, really good. And my question for you is, how is your heart today? How is my heart today? My heart is full. My heart is full. I have been in a season where I've been hearing God's voice. So I feel like I'm in alignment with him because sometimes I can feel like, all right, Lord, I'll hear you talking or things may not be going as planned in my life. And I can get slightly discouraged because I'm human. So as of recently, I've been taking that discouragement and rewiring my mindset to realize, okay, maybe it's a little hiccup. Maybe it's a little minor setback, but we're going to be okay. But overall, I, I, it's full. I feel rested. <laughs> it's been a long weekend, but I actually feel rested, surprisingly. It's been an amazing year. Like, just thinking about the fact that I've been in this state for 11 months. Yeah. I, I've experienced a lot of growth, and I just, I love it. I love it. Yeah, man, 11 months. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy because, yeah, we're recording this podcast on 11, 12, 23. And then, of course, whenever it is posted, but um, yeah, like looking back throughout the year, what was something that you felt like you that was unexpected, but you're grateful that I had? And just I then a joke. No, that's a, that's a good question. I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it. I moving to a new state has not was not going to be easy but in my mind i was like new state i love people i'll be talking no problem but it came to a point mid-year where i felt lonely but in that loneliness i learned that i wasn't alone it was more so i'm tapping into a new version of myself that i never experienced before i'm in a new space i'm with new people literally learning freeway names learning street names don't know where i'm going so it was all new to me and I prayed for newness. I prayed for new experiences, but walking through that, it was kind of hard. Like I'm, I'm always smiling through, but I'll go home like, Lord, like, I just don't feel like I've found my niche yet, but I have, it's just new. So I think embarking on a new journey and actually sitting in it, like sitting in the discomfort of this is really new to you. I'm 26. So like, I've never had to meet new people from scratch before. So it's been an interesting experience, but I've needed it. And it's taught me a lot about myself, about people, just about embracing new change. I don't think I'm afraid for whatever's going to come up because I've already experienced the hard part. And that's literally picking up my life and moving to a new place. That newness, that niche. Like, I, I'm, I'm curious to understand, like, why do you feel like you have to find your niche? Do you think that's even like valuable or necessary, especially in this world? Like, you know, you're in multi-hyphenate. So what's the point of a multi-hyphenate trying to find a niche when there's no niches to exist? You are indeed correct. You are indeed correct. I don't think there is. I learned that too. There is no perfect niche. I think because, you know, you grow up, I grew up with friends that I literally from the womb, like we all went to school together. So I just knew where I was and where I stood and how I expressed myself. So being in a space where people are learning who Beverly is and they don't know like if I'm silly or if I'm, I'm a weird, I'm an odd person and just is what it is, I've accepted it. But not everybody perceives that well off rip. So seeing how different people react to me when I first meet them, which isn't bad. It's just like, hmm, they didn't laugh like I, my friends would laugh or they didn't get that joke that my friend would have got. 
like learning that and feeling like, okay, am I weird? Am I saying too much or not enough? Like, am I, am I the one that shouldn't be here right now? Like I've had that feeling like maybe I'm not a part of this. Like I thought I was, but I am. It's just, they're experiencing me in a new way and I'm experiencing myself in a new way. So I think I got out of that. I have to fit into this box of Beverly. They're going to see you as your older, your other friends saw you. These are new people. I'm also in my mid twenties. I'm, I'm a new person. So it's been interesting navigating that. But to your point, there is no niche. I think it's just ebbing and flowing and just being authentic to myself. Yeah. I think that's what you said is valuable though. Because again, um, thinking about people entering their mid twenties, right? It's just a whole new experience. Um, and I want to know about like, more specifically, how is it navigating life as a black woman navigating? Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like there's like, I don't know, maybe the content that I listen to, um, I happen to listen to a lot of like older women content, you know, seals or in London, uh, you know, what's her name? Not, not Nicole. Um, the lady from, from the breakfast club, uh, like all that stuff. Right. But I feel like, of course, now, you know, because, you know, I'm referencing them because they are podcast hosts and whatever, and they're people that have voices. Right? Yeah. But as, as you know, I'm not saying that the career is sunsetting, but we're now moving towards a time where a lot of younger voices are starting to emerge. I'm thinking about ERC Diddy, thinking about Pink Panthers, because I was just watching her stuff like yesterday. Um, and just like a whole lot of young influential women, uh, Malala. The, you know, all these young women, and I would consider, because I view celeb my celebrities are my friends, yourself, Onis, Maurice, and people listen to the pod. You may not know these names now, but you will know them in the next five, seven, ten years. Amen. Um, yourself, and they're coming up, and so I really, really want to know, like, you know, as you're just, you know, just navigating this newness in life. How has that been, especially as a black woman today? It's been, there's no balance. Like, I feel like there's a rhythm because we're in a new age where technology is literally taking over and people want quick information. People want to follow the quickest trads or quickest fads. That's my word. You know, just the quickest things that's coming up and popular. So I think as a black woman, one, navigating the balance of, or the concept of being independent and, you know, doing your own thing and not needing anyone, but also surrendering and succumbing to like, you need help. Like I've always carried this, I'm the strong one. And I don't have to, be, it's not every day be strong, please. Like, let's be soft life. Let's be relaxed. <laughs> so I'm learning, like, I don't have to do it all by myself. Like, I don't know. I think society taught me that. I think culturally taught me that. But I don't have to do this by myself, nor am I competing with anybody. I never thought that, but some people do. I'm not competing with anybody. We're all here for the, our own, you know, everybody's in their own lane, doing their own thing. So I think in today's day and age, it's trying to be true to yourself, but figure out a way for your voice to be heard. Because like you're, to your point, there's voices everywhere. Okay. Good voices, bad voices, high voices, low voices. They're just There's voices everywhere. So it's like, where... And how do I express that? Is it through speaking? Is it through film? Is it through art? Like, how do I 
share my message to my constituency or whoever wants to listen in a way that I am still being true to how I'm created and what my passions are. But you're also listening and tuned in because, again, I, it happens to me, too. Sometimes TikTok be 10 seconds is cool. But watching a one hour video, I'm like, ah, can you just can we skip to the part? I was watching a podcast for Jackie O'Perry, and she was talking about how we're in an age where you can skip commercials. And I didn't realize that as a kid, you couldn't skip commercials. Like, you got yeah. to sit through that. So being in an era where nobody wants to be bored, there's like an unspoken pressure of, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. I got to keep everybody engaged all the time. But you don't. The right person, the right people will listen. And if it's the right information and you're not forcing it, they're going to be tuned in no matter how long it is. If it's in alignment with where they are in their own life, it'll be a focus that they want to tap into. So I think as a Black woman specifically, there is that balance of independency and codependency. But I also think that people are finding their own voice and being unapologetically themselves from like hair to how we produce, how we like show ourselves to the world in the workspace. Like I work in an industry where I am one of three people at my job that are Black and navigating conversations, navigating tone, navigating how I present myself because I don't want them to assume or presume. There's not as much weight as that on that anymore because I'm just being me. And of course, there's code switching. Of course, be professional. But also, you're not going to silence me or shut me down. I'm going to speak my piece. And if you perceive it as angry, mad, or overly whatever, that's on you. That's your perception. You can communicate that. We can talk about it. But Beverly is going to be herself. That's it. You can't dim my light. I think at one point in life, I allowed things or people to dim my light because I wanted to... What's the phrase? I would minimize myself to fit in their box. And I just feel like I've come to a place where I am no longer minimizing myself for anybody. Of course, everything comes with discernment and you know how you package things. That's very important. But minimizing who God created to me to be, that's not happening anymore. It's not. And I've been blessed to be around people like Oni and Maurice that also stand in that Um in these mid-20s. I think these mid-20s, you need to be with community and people who are like-minded, people who aren't like-minded too, but you need a certain people to reflect what you want to be and where you're going so that you continue to step into that. Because if you don't see that around you, if you don't tap into that, you may feel complacent or close to Wow. That's actually a lot of value right over there. I'm not going to lie. Oh. <laughs> um, no, no. I mean, like, I think that's just a lot of one, two points, the two takeaways that I got from is like, you know, not being able to uh, not dim your light. Dimming your light is, um, I guess what you would say, a travesty and actually a pretty offensive to God, to be honest. Yeah. And, and number two, the power of like finding, having like-minded community. And I want to double click on one point where you said that, you know, you felt like you had to do that, like you did and try to like replace yourself. Do you mind going a little bit deeper and, and really providing like a, an example of when, when was that moment that you made that switch of, I'm not going to let this happen anymore. And why did you decide to like start like saying, you know what, I'm not going to dim who I'm supposed I would say high school. 
high school was the first time I went to an all-white high school, so I felt very out of place. And I was one of maybe 10 African-American students, and we all played sports. So it just felt very like, you're in this box, do this thing, do what you're supposed to do, yada, yada, yada. And I feel more specifically, I remember there was an adult who I'm Nigerian. I played in basketball, ran track, played volleyball. But I also dislocated my shoulder 50 million times. I got surgery now, so we're good. But back then, I was playing through it. And this adult had told me, hey, Deb, just get your African salad. You know, eat your hyenas and giraffes. And I sat there like, okay, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think that's okay. But in that moment, I didn't know what to do. I was like 12. So I'm like, do I speak up? Am I being disrespectful? But I'm offended. Like, I'm very offended at what you just said to me because how dare you, like, how dare you phrase that in that manner? And that same person would kind of like, tell me, Bev, you'll be fine. Like, you're one of the athletes that's like, just, you'll be fine. Push through it. Take a little break and keep going. But it's like, okay, but if sis over here were to hurt herself, she could take a step back. But why does it mean that I have to keep pushing through the pain? Like, what is that? And I took that and kind of switched it. Like, we had diversity week. And I had ran for student body, like, student council. And I was like, look, it's time for some changes to be made here. Because whatever you guys are doing, not saying it's not intentional. You need people that you want to speak to or represent to be there to represent. So I remember I asked my um, homeroom teacher, can I host a dance class? just because I like to dance. So in that dance, I like taught them about my culture. We do not eat hyenas and giraffes and hung lions. And it wasn't like a jab at this person, but I was like, I want you to make sure that indirectly you're hearing me. Next time, ask me about myself. Ask me about my culture. Don't just assume these things or put these things on me, knowing that I'm a young girl. I'm going to the school that you have to pay tuition for, but I'm not paying because I'm playing sports. So being first generation, I'm already like, okay, even though I'm hurt, I have to play because I don't want my parents to have to pay for this. Like, I don't want any burden on them. They got three kids, like they're doing their own thing. I'm pushing for that. So you saying that is not like encouraging in a way. Like, yes, I have to do this. But as an adult, tell me like, hey, babe, I know there's a lot on your plate, but we're here for you to support you. If you need help, let us know. And I never heard that. So when I stepped in and kind of spoke out in that manner, I ended up running for, I think, president the year after. So I was like, okay, let's like really talk about what it's like to be at this school, not only as a student, but for us that are the minority, like for real, for real. Now this school is very diverse and I'm very proud of where it's come and like where it's going. Like everybody from everywhere goes to that school. I love it. But upon entering, mind you, I didn't want to go to the school. Okay. And I know it was God because me, I knew what high school I wanted to go to with my friends. My mom said, you're going here. And back then, I wouldn't say I resented her. I was mad. But now I can see why she sent me to that school because the world does not look like how I wanted to look like. Like I went to a school that looks opposite of me and I had to navigate that by myself. Um, so I would say that's the most specific I can go. Like at that point, the quiet bad, I was never really quiet or shy, but I never like took being a leader for real. Like I knew I was in the sports I played and dance, but I was like, I'm just being myself. But at that moment, I was like, nah, there are probably people like me who feel this way. So it's time to step up and really be about it. And from there, it kind of just became what it became. Yeah, yeah, that moment was very, um, it was heartbreaking, very heartbreaking. 
heartbreaking, but the fire typically is through the um, through that heartbreaking, or I guess they say through the trauma where the shame, right? And then that the triumph is like leads you to where now. Because like, again, like I'm learning something new. I'm like like just this whole conversation is just like learning and unwrapping. I'm like, oh okay, this is why ah ah. It makes so much more sense. And then now like because the follow up question for that would be, you know, you said that you were a leader. And now that leads into the leadership, right? And so now as you're going through this idea and this identity of what leadership, you know, leader is, my first question is, what is leadership to you? What does it mean to you? To be a leader is to be a servant. I always think of leadership as servant leadership because I'm not here for me. I might be a voice. I might be the person that's the representative for others, but I'm literally here for you, for whoever I'm serving. So whatever it is that you need, it is my job to like explain that, to be that voice, to advocate, to push for it. It's not about me. I remember my mentor, Deborah Hammond, love her. She told me when I came to CSUN, she was like, Beverly, one thing I'm going to tell you about this college experience, nothing in this life is about you. You're involved in it. It's going to require some work. It may be hard, but in those moments, remember, it is not about you. It's about everybody that is that has come before you, that is around you, and is coming after you. So embracing that that quote in my head as my college years began has really changed how I've been a leader. I think I've always been a servant leader, but I'm even more intentional about hearing other people and learning about like, hey, like, how are you? What do you need? Like at CSUN, for example, um, serving a leadership there, it was just kind of meeting with people. How are you? What do you need? Who are you? What's your experience like? And how can I be that person to help that experience be better? or to elevate it or to enhance it. And how you perceive or how your experience is is a reflection of my leadership. If nothing changes, I'm not being a good leader. Then serve what you needed. Of course you can't serve everybody. That's just impossible. But there is change that can be made. So as long as I'm serving someone, I'm being an effective leader. Leader. At the moment where I don't serve, I've lost it. Wow. But then now who serves the leader? That's the question that I, I've been like thinking about too. Like, you know, if, you, if you're somebody that is, you know, in servant leadership, um, and, and to some to some um, circumstances, this is self sacrifice. But then, like, who fills the needs, or like, who fills your needs, or who fills your cup, and how do you get your your cup filled in order for you to continue to pour out to the community or to the organizations or to the people that you're serving? I. Have learned that this year. <laughs> like, oh, okay. It's community. It's community. Like, I am someone who can get overwhelmed and get isolated sometimes, which is not healthy. I'll like remove myself and disappear to like recuperate. But community has taught me you have to lean on your like your friends, your family to fill your cup, and most importantly, God. Like when you're asking this question, Jesus and his disciples. It wasn't him. It was him and 12 of his dogs. Like they came together. So they would they would be there to help fill his cup. Of course, he went to God first. Then they would fill his cup as well. So for me, as I'm walking in my faith, I'm going to God first. But my community of friends, they feel me. If I'm feeling sad, feeling anxious, I'm I'm excited. And I speak to that. They're speaking into me, back to me. Hey, Beth, you're doing too much. Sit down. Hey, Beth, you're being taught in yourselves. Like, let's think about this. Hey, have you thought about how you thought about this in this way. I think to be like again to that first point, being surrounded around people who 
understand you and are kind of on that same wavelength will really help you keep going because I can't no one can do this by themselves it's just it's not humanly possible like it's not all right and then, so that's actually a really good lesson that's actually really really um you know interesting because again that's the question that I always think about like you know all these leaders you know people that are the frags who are the people that help them you know realize to help them make sure to remember who somebody is how somebody is and how they're doing right and you go against like finding community so in a practical way how do you feel like what is a way that someone in our age mid-20s early 20s effectively find a community that is filled with like-minded individuals that help them strive to be better because again we're, we do live in a world where people always talk about I feel like community is a word that everybody uses yeah Community, 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 community. <laughs> but like, you can find yourself in a law community where you're not the person that you are. Where, and we live in a world that is super, um, there is a, there's a sense of dis- disenfranchisement. We're living in the most, we're the most connected time ever, but people are the most loneliest, especially young Gen Z, right? There's this the loneliest thing. Um, I mean, of course, I mean, well, actually, no, this is actually a great question because, like, I'm to me in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm speaking to Bev. But wait, no, Bev is a health and wellness professional. She's degreed in this. So now I'm, this is me asking, you know, Bev, the profession, like the medical profession in some practical way. How can find, how can people find community? Well, first, please, I'm not professional yet. But very soon, but you're on the way. You're on the I'm way. I'm on the way. I'm on the, the way. Speaking into existence, though. Yes. You um, you're degreed, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, it's psychology. I'm just fitness is like what I've learned throughout life. I'm not degreed in that just yet, just yet. But in the sciences. Um, to your question, I think practically, I guess coming to a new state, for example, outside of the people I've known. I've gone to Eventbrite and searched things like events near me. And I will kind of look at, you know, what goes on with my schedule. And I'll attend different events either by myself or with people. And through that way, meet people. Like I, for example, I went to a Afro B Zumba thing that a friend invited me to. And I met one of the leaders who's actually a painter. He had an event the next day. I went to that event and met like four or five different people who were at that event who had different um, skill sets and whatnot. So I think first and foremost, looking for events near you using Eventbrite practically is helpful. Um, of course, I'm always going to say pray. However, if that's not where you are, pray. <laughs> Even if it's not where you are, still pray. Um, Eventbrite. And then I would say social media. Like I'm not, I'm somebody, I'm a DM you. I don't really care. Like for example, one of my mentors for med school, I saw that she was in Texas, which was cool. Like I said, hey, girl, my name is Beverly. I know I'm a stranger, but can I connect with you? Like, you have to put yourself out there. It's not easy because, I mean, the world is kind of weird. It can be weird. And denial is going to happen. So somebody responds to you is like, no, I don't want to. That's okay. That means they're not meant to be in your community. But people are typically open to like, hey, let's chat really quick to get to know you. And then from there, that could be, let's get coffee. Like this girl I DM. I have known her for the past four years now. We FaceTime all the time, but I literally was a stranger 
on Twitter that was like, hey, girl, you don't know me. I want to know you. Like, how can we go from there? Um, but if you're not like that, I'll say the easiest, most seamless thing to do is go to events near you, like all events. Don't stick to what you like. Like if I kept going to just Zumba classes, I wouldn't have people I met. I went to, to Bible study. I went to a natural hair fest. Um, I went to a thrift store that's really big in Houston. Like I've just been going places and coming in like, all right, Lord, I don't know anybody in here, but if there's somebody that you want me to meet, Austin upon, like, let me, let us have that conversation. And um, this is one girl I met three times, actually. We went to the same events three times. And then we were, like, for real connected. And I was like, girl, we're going to be friends. And she was like, yeah, I like you. Like, we can connect. I like your story. I want to hear more about your story. I'm like, I want to hear more about yours, too, because she moved here from Michigan, I think. So I was like, wow. So you're actually in the same space that I'm in. Like, you came here with your family knowing nobody. That's amazing because I'm literally in the same boat, but I would have never met her if I didn't put myself out there and go outside. That's that's really, really dope. And that's actually so good. Um, congrats on that for real. And then so now, um, with that in mind, what's what's something you said to yourself like go to mm-hmm. stuff that you don't usually like or you have what's something this year that you went to that you were like eh, kind of skeptical? And weren't sure that you weren't like you know, that got you out of your comfort zone that you ended up really enjoying. I wouldn't call this an event, but I went to the DMV and visited my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody enjoys going to the DMV. <laughs> I went to the DMV area and went to visit my cousin. And there was one day I was like, I'm going to take a train ride from DC. No, no, no from Virginia to DC and by myself. I like to travel with others because I'm afraid, I'm not afraid of public transportation. I'm afraid of getting lost. Like I've never taken a train or a bus because in my head, it'll be me who's supposed to go down the street and I'll end up in Milwaukee. How? I know it would be me. So I said, okay, Beverly, let's just take this train and let's go to DC. So, mind you, I get lost along the way. <laughs> I got lost about three, four times because I clearly can't read train signs properly. But I ended up going to a food spot because I was hungry. And I met up with this girl who was really cool. Like, she, what was she involved in? She was involved in, like, she was a project manager and she was involved in, like, artsy things. I, that's not a good word to use. But she was a project manager involved in, like, I would say like modeling or something like that. Like she helped kind of curate the the vision and make things come to pass and the details to like the execution. She did that. I would have never met this girl if I didn't get on that train. Do we talk every day? No, but I still met her because I put myself in an uncomfortable situation because getting lost in a state you don't know how to navigate is not fun. It's a little scary. But I just trusted the process and like, you know, babe, commit to it. And that whole day I went there, we ate, we talked, and then I trained back to the house. And I was like, wow, that was a random Tuesday, but that was great. Great. So the DMV. Oh, is there, so you're not talking about the regular DMV. You're talking about um, DC, Maryland, Maryland Virginia. Virginia. My bad. <laughs> I was my bad, folks, that people who do love the DMV. Uh, no, the DMV is a really good area. Okay. Yeah. 
dope. Wow. Wow, that's actually, man. But the food spot led oh, to, uh, led to, you know, meeting this shoddy, this woman who, and then after that, you learned all this stuff. And, and I guess like, were you always, have you always been this curious in, in your life of being able to up out? Yeah, <laughs> I, it's gotten me in trouble because I've been doing too much. Like, I want to know, like, I want to know why, I'm like, what's this, what's that? And I want to dabble into things, something that should not, but I did. Um, I just want to know, like, why do you do this? Why do you like this? Or where is that? Or why is that cool? And experience it for myself. It's like, okay, I think it's cool too. Or like, eh, I'm never rocking with this, but I experienced it. We can move it. Yeah. No, but that's dope. Because again, that curiosity leads to, you know, you interacting and finding and, and you know, interacting with different people and different yeah. cultures and different ideas. And that's something that you love. And so with that, as we know, getting closer towards the end of the year, I specifically want to know, what is a fundamental belief that was once strongly held in your life that has changed? Perfectionism, I guess. Um, Having to know everything before you do something. This year has taught me you don't have to have the full picture. Just go. Like, just start, and along the way, things will change. They may not change. They may get better. They may get worse. But just do it. Because I've I've come to, I'm a checkbox person. Very type A, organized, plan it out. And I will literally sit on something for a long time if it's not perfect in my mind or all the pieces aren't put together, and I will not do it. So I've learned, literally, the past couple of months, and as the year ends, just do it. If the vision came to mind, thought came to mind, idea came to mind, do your due diligence. Like, of course, do your research and set yourself up. But then at that point, walk by faith, not by sight. Just do it, and it'll all make sense. And I've seen it in people around me as well who have started to do that, done that in their own lives. Like, they're like, hey, babe, I don't know the whole story with this thing I'm going through, but I did it. And now it's successful or it's whatever the case may be. But yeah, just do it. Like, literally, don't wait. Like, what are you waiting for? Mm. Like, or to your point earlier, this podcast I've been sitting on came to mind in 2017. It's 2023. What am I waiting for? Like, I've been waiting for this perfect thing. I need X, Y, and Z. I just got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Six years. Seven in 2024. Like, that's a whole, like, like, a whole child being able to think about the fundamental beliefs of, like, one to seven years old in their social psychology. Whoa. Long time? But, you know, they say it's never too late to start. Amen. Well, so, well, if you don't mind me asking, what do you feel like is the thing that's holding you back? Or what's the old story that mm-hmm. felt like it's holding you back as now you're going into this new story that I am going to do? I think when I first received this idea, I knew what God wanted me to do, but I didn't make time. Like I was, I'm a busybody. So in college, post college, I was always doing stuff and didn't make time for what I wanted to do. Like I was doing things I wanted to do, but my own personal, like what God has also called me to do. I didn't do it. I also put myself in a box because being pre-med, it's hard to see yourself as creative because you love science. And it's like, I can't be creative too. Like I want to do this. And it's like, you don't have to 
no one told you that. Like people can do whatever they want. They can be a doctor, they can be a painter, they can be a seamstress. All at once, you would never know. So I think back then I didn't make time. And then I went through a period of just forgetting. <laughs> like I just kept delaying it because I'm like, okay, well, I don't have a studio. I don't have mics. What if people don't want to do it with me? Like, let's just keep waiting. And then I came up with like vision, mission, impact statement. And I was like, ah, but this just sounds regular. Like, let's wait for it more. But I think as I'm talking about it now, there's a reason why it kind of took that long because back then, not saying it was me leading, but I think it was like me formulating my ideas by myself. And now I feel like God is like, God gave me a holding tagline earlier this week. Like God is like, I want you to do it this way. Like, this is what I want you to do. Here are my ideas for you. And we move. So I think I've transitioned from it being Bev speaks about Bev to Bev speaks things. And not saying like I was being selfish, but to the point of it's not about me. It's been hard for me to be that leader, be that selfless person and not want something to be about me. Recognizing that it just is what it is. Some things are and some things are. And this is one of those things that are not. So I think just giving God more of the reins, I have been letting him have more control because I'm also someone that has to relinquish control. I'm used to knowing what to do, when to do it, how to do it. But now it's like, all right, God, how do you want me to move, my guy? How do you want well, my guy? Because you're God, you know? How do you want me to move, God? You know, how do you, what step are we taking? And if it's the wrong step, it's never wrong in God's eyes because he'll make it right. It's always for his. I think now I know that I'm doing it for him and not myself. So it's like, let's be hurrying. Let's be getting it. Because the world, this might end soon because it's crazy out here. <laughs> uh, the world will only end uh, what it's supposed to end, you know. Amen. So, nah, there's still hope. There's still hope. And wow, now nah, that's really, really good. Because now I'm just thinking about it, right? And this is going back to a previous point that you talked about. You are the eldest. You are the eldest of, you know, three siblings. You've always been a leader, all that stuff. Um, you are a very strong, passionate, um, you know, moving forward thinking person. How do you let softness in your life? Like, I like, I, I know this sounds so like Phillies, but I'm like, I'm like, how have you like uh, allowed softness in your life, like to let go and say that I don't need to be in charge? You know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> I laugh because it's a work in progress. Um, Ooh, how do I let softness in my life? Well, one, I've learned like me, I love the spa, so I'll go at least once a year. But practically speaking, I recognize I literally cannot do it alone. I've tried and I've ended up in the hospital because I've gotten sick of being like, I was so tired of doing things by myself. I got sick and like I had to go to the ER and they were like, yeah, you need to calm down and like sleep. I, I used to get like four hours of sleep every night, which is not healthy. Um, so I think that was a scare. And then I would say my surgery, I literally couldn't do anything. I had one arm, like I was in a sling for eight months, needed help putting on shirt, needed help to bathe myself. If that's not humility, I don't know what is like to go to my mom, like, Hey mom, I know I'm a grown woman, but can you help bathe me? Because I cannot bathe myself right now with this one arm. I think at that point I recognized that I really can't do it alone. Um, 
how I let it into my life, I take breaks. Like self-care is very important to me. Like my friends always laugh at me. My mom does too. Me, morning showers, like washing face, brushing teeth. I'm taking my time, okay? If you're late for an event and I have to get ready, we're late. That's it. Because I'm not, that time is for me. Like I literally just breathe and pray. And you know when you in the shower and the water hitting your face, you just kind of let it hit your face. I love that. Like it's just calm. It's very calm. Um, I love going to the park. Like, I love nature. I realize I love trees and just being outside. So discovering things that I'm loving outside of being so busy has helped me kind of incorporate soft life because it's not everyday work. It's just not. I can do, I can go outside right now and go get a hamburger and come back in my house. That's great to me. I can do something silly in my house and laugh at myself. I forgot what I did the other day. I think I was making, I was making food and I was trying to juggle doing too much okay because i dropped all of it but it was funny like all of you be like beverly now you're wasting food but me i was like ah we'll keep moving like it is what it is just a funny moment that i had with myself nobody was around and we keep it pushing so just realizing that life doesn't have to be so serious all the time it really doesn't like you can use ice cream if you want ice cream today it's okay i love that now that that's actually really really dope like thank you for sharing because again, you know, it's just, I think it's, um, somebody's going to hear this and they're going to be like, yo, I might see a picture of Beverly who's like, boom, 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 discipline, bam, bam, bam. But then after that, now there's also like another side. And again, I'm learning too, right? Another side, man, it's just like, you know, the different <laughs> uh, that, that are popping up. So as we get close near the end of the episode, which has been really enjoyable. I'm like this is really mm-hmm. so excited for you to start your bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the final questions, and I'm, I don't want to say like the, I typically ask the guests like this is just a, a question that popped up. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, I want to know, you know, as um, obviously there's a lot going on, right? And um, with so much, sometimes we feel like there's nothing that we can really do. Mm-hmm. But I believe that there's always something that we can really do. So, like, what are you doing, like, in some simple way to really let the people in your life know that they matter and they mean something to you? Yeah. As of recent, I think after experiencing death in my own family and a lot of my friends experiencing death in their family, if you come to mine, I'm reaching out. I'm gonna. I'm a very unprovoked FaceTimer. I don't care what you're doing. You can be on the toilet. You can be at work. I'm gonna call you and see how you're doing. And not like, oh, how are you? Are you good? Like, how are you doing? Like, how are you? Um, I find myself FaceTiming people more often. I find myself taking a break from the quote unquote business of life. Like I work from home, for example, I'll go downstairs and just hug my mom and she'll tell me I really needed that. And I did need, I just went to go hug her, you know? Um, asking someone how they're doing can lead to tears because nobody's asked them all week. They, they don't know, like they even them themselves haven't been, I had a friend that I asked that question to and she was like, I honestly don't know. Like I'm going to take a step back and figure out how I'm going to do, how I'm doing and get back to you. 
And then spending time, quality time is my love language or one of them. So when I can, I try to spend as much time as I can with my friends and family, whether it's virtual weeks, I'm in a new state, physically, um, going to events, just making sure that that time is spent, even if it's two minutes, whether it's two minutes or two hours, I talked to you today. I got to say hello, got to see your face or hear your voice and figure out how I can pray for you. And that's been a new thing for me too, asking people, how can I pray for you? And taking that to God, whether I write it down and put it in my little prayer jar, I actually pray verbally about it. Just like making sure that whoever comes across my mind, I reach out to them in that moment because a lot of people have experienced not being able to do that. Like one day somebody was there, next day they weren't. I experienced that before, like with my dad. One day I heard his voice, the next day he was literally gone. So just taking that time, you're never too busy to say hi to your friends or your family. Even if it's a quick text, like you don't have to call anybody. Just, hey, I'm thinking about you today. Hope all is well. Does not have to be a whole conversation. It doesn't have to be just, I thought about you. Hope you're doing well. Have a good day. And you'd be surprised how many people really appreciate that, especially in this day and age of hustling and bustling, the economy, the world. Like, thank you for thinking of me. And I have friends to do it to me, and it makes me make sure, like, oh, okay, I appreciate you. Let me reach out to somebody else as well who may not have heard from anybody in a week. So I think just being more intentional about reaching out, communicating with others, um, and listening. I, I I love listening to people talk. So it's been nice to just hear people talk about themselves and hear what they're going through because you'd be surprised. Happy old friends and family smiling in your face but are crying behind closed doors struggling with something and you asking them how they're doing will change their day, their week, their month. Like you just never know. So yeah, that's that's what I've been doing recently. I think I called you randomly one day. Yeah, it was a butt dial, though. That's true. As a butt dial, though. Hey, 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 hey. I was, I was like, I was like, oh, she calling me. What's up? And after that, then we actually chopped it up on Saturday. She got with Sarah. And no. that, that, that Saturday, which was like four, three or four Saturdays ago, you said that you're really excited to be on the pod and you Tanaka oh my gosh like I'm inspired by you all the time so this is amazing this is for kudos it's, it's, it's likewise it's likewise um wow no that was really good no that was really really good oh like this is really good um what <clears throat> so let's look back at 17 year old Ben <laughs> nah, 16, 10 years ago. 16 year um, 16 year old Beth. Um, what's the one thing that you would tell her? Give me emotional, jeez. What would I tell 16 year old Beverly? You're about to experience one of the hardest seizures in your life in two years, and you're going to want to give up on everybody and everything keep going because there is literally a light at the end of the tunnel it's gonna get better it's gonna get worse before it gets better but stay the course and it'll all make sense it'll all make sense that's what i'm telling you keep going girl it's gonna be ghetto sometimes you'll be all right <laughs>
<laughs> you gonna be all right. Yeah. And then last thing is, what's the challenge that you want the audience? It. Say it again. What, yeah, yeah. What's the challenge that you want the audience to embark on? Challenge. It's gonna sound very cliche, but take care of yourself. <laughs> like, take care of your body, <laughs> your entire body. Um, a lot of work from home people, a lot of go to work people, go on walks, eat right, stay hydrated because you quite literally cannot fulfill your purpose if your body is not up to par. Like this whole grind all day, grind all night, that's cute until your body breaks down and it's not cute anymore. Like, please, I challenge everybody 2024, whether it's your diet, whether it's, I don't know jump roping <laughs> whether it's going hey, wait, walks. <laughs> anything that can get your body moving for at least 30 minutes a day your doctor says it but like they mean it like move your body for real because you want to be 80 and 90 being able to move just like this like no um not to speak against anybody who's had to you know succumb to a walker or a wheelchair in an older age however if you can combat that now regardless of anything in your life, please do so because I'm 26 now. My bones are cracking in ways that I didn't think they would crack. I'm not even 30. I'm not 50. My knees are cracking. So just be, listen to your body and pay attention to those things and you will thank yourself as the year continues from your skin to how you sleep. It's all going gonna, it's all gonna to be affected. That's good. Take care of yourself. Uh, Bev, this last section of the show, Speak Life. Uh, thank you so much for blessing with your presence uh, with your beautiful soul. I'm very grateful for who you are and God's meaning you to be uh, for your friendship and your encouragement and your joy and your wisdom. It's super, super dope. Um, I'm super excited. And this right now is just a little bit of a preview of what God is going to do in your own life. You know what I'm saying, dog? Uh, with your own podcast and how your words... And your lifestyle and your actions are legitimately going to change a whole generation. So I just want to continue to encourage and know that you are empowering, that you be empowered, and that you are a light. So thank you for being on the show. I'm very, very grateful. Where can the people find you at if you want them to find you? Uh, well, first, thank you for having me. This is amazing. Like my heart. You asked me when my heart is full. It's even fuller now. This is amazing. So thank you, Tanaka, for being obedient in your own walk. In your own Um, You can find me for now on Instagram and LinkedIn. So Instagram, my Instagram handle is at BevSpeaks with an underscore. Um, I kind of do a lot of things. There's fashion, there's motivation, there's fitness, there's food, there's fun. Um, As far as the podcast coming soon, it is going to be called Bev Speaks, And... When it gets debuted, if you follow me, you'll find out. That's cool. That's dope. That's really, really dope. Well, until next time, thank you, Bev, for just gracing you with your presence. And this is another conclusion of Iconic Conversation. We are. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. Hope you were able to take something away from this. Until next time, follow Iconic Conversations on Instagram and Tava Multimedia Group on Instagram as well. 
share with your friends, family, or anybody else who you think needs this conversation. Until next time, peace.